Welcome to the Reckoning Podcast, where we stoke a campfire, gather around, and have real-life conversations with old friends, new friends, professionals, and just shoot the shit. Reckoning all things from hunting, outdoors, beauty, entrepreneurship, relationships, life, and more. It's all just a reckoning. This week, I am joined with Ken from Train to Hunt. As the founder of Train to Hunt, Ken has spent 25 years helping people overcome obstacles on their way to the best versions of themselves. A former four-sport athlete, professional baseball player, and CrossFit owner, he feels called to help people go further, hunt longer, or just finally lose that extra weight. He's a proud husband of Heidi and a dad to three incredible kids, Jet, Harper, and Ryder. If you're not familiar with what Train to Hunt is, it was born out of necessity for all hunters alike wanting to hunt harder, longer, and farther. The team at Train to Hunt wants to extend wellness and longevity as well as improve performance for hunters. Their daily workouts focus on all areas of fitness that are critical for today's hunting athlete. Whether you're looking to increase your strength and power to make climbing those western mountains easier or looking to train for endurance and stamina while perfecting your shooting, the Train to Hunt workouts are for you. So we get to talk to Kenton, the founder about his backstory, how he got introduced to the outdoors, of course, and what led him to train to hunt and coming up with the concept of it, as well as what you can expect with train to hunt with their challenges that they have monthly, their training programs that you're able to subscribe to so you can train to hunt and their in person or their live challenges. The challenges are designed to give hunters not only a reason to train in early parts of the year, but give them a testing ground for their training program. It's like any other event that you have ever done and will help you prepare for the ultimate goal hunting season. The train to hunt challenge is a competition where participants compete in a variety of exercises that blend physical fitness with archery. Is your interest not peaked? (laughs) I am so honored that Ken took the time to get to talk to me about his backstory and how it all got started and what's to come for Train to Hunt. He also gives you such good tips for starting your fitness now for your hunting season, what little things you can do specifically to train your body to hunt. With that, let's welcome Kenton from Train to Hunt to the show. Well, one of my favorite things to ask people is I always love seeing who wanders into camp and of course, you know, you light the campfire and people start gathering around it. And it's like, for me, I can't get around the campfire empty handed, or at least at one point you're going to get snacks or a drink. What is something you find yourself usually having around the campfire when it comes to snacking on or drinking? Gosh, uh, really, I, when it comes to campfires, it's yeah. usually right after, you know, we get done hunting and it's dark and I'm eating my, uh, my dinner as fast as I can. And <laughs> trying to get to bed because it's going to be an early morning but Heck yeah um, it's usually coffee it's just coffee and then just whatever i'm eating i'm just trying to get as many calories as i can just because i know that that's a key to recovery so we'll sit yeah. around bs a little bit mm-hmm. um but i know it's sad as it may sound i don't spend a lot of time just kind of hanging around the campfire and and uh talking about the day we get it done as quickly as possible so it's so we can get it get our rest because the next day we got to do it all over again, which usually includes lots of miles and lots of energy. So, um, yeah, it's usually just coffee or hydrate and recover of some sort, electrolytes, water, um, and then high dense calorie foods, whatever I got, I, I can, you know, I try to get somewhere between 12 and 1500 calories in my stomach before bed. Is there a specific 
like meal that you usually have with you? Are you like a peak free fuel kind of a guy? Do you pack oh, your own? You know, for the last probably five or six years, I've been a uh, Heather's Choice guy. Ah, oh, me so, too. Yeah. So like that, the, the salmon clam chowder or, you know, I just basically anything. I'm really boring, Brittany, when it comes to like food, because <laughs> like I look at food as just pure energy, just like that's all I care about. I just need to get as many calories in my body as I can so that I can recover. Um, but if even then I, you know, I won't just eat anything. And Heather's Choice has got some really good, it's good food. It's, you know, I kind of got a spicy palate anyway, so I'll eat that. Um, same um, the spinach yeah, so. and chicken curry. Have you tried oh, that yeah. one yet from Heather's Choice? Yeah, I lived yeah. on that. Lived on that when we were on Rubber's Roost. It was like my go-to. Yeah, it's crazy how how many is out there now, right? Like before, it was like Mountain House was it. Like that's yeah, and then I uh, I, I found this guy, um, this company called Hawk Vittles, when I went to Alaska for the first time, and uh, and I realized, oh, there's more. To, you know, there's more to backcountry food than just. Um, mountain house and so i started eating that guy's food and then boy it just started piling on heather's choice and then you know you got refuel and all these different mm-hmm. kind of companies who are coming out with these amazing you know recipes in a bag it's it's just unbelievable but yeah i'm kind of born when it comes to food because i you know i just kind of grab what i what i know is going to give me the most calories and these some of these hawk riddles had like they were like 28, 2,900 calories in a bag. So it was like wow. un- unbelievable. So yeah, not uh, kind of boring when it comes to. <laughs> no, there's definitely like two different kinds of settings on a campfire. There's like when you're hunting <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then like just hanging out camping kind of a thing with friends. So yeah, I totally understand that because I'm the same way. There's two different Britneys happening depending yeah. on the yeah, camp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, Agreed. You know, it- in the day when I used to go camping, um, yeah, I had a good time, but man, like right now having, you know, three young kids and a wife and, you know, a job and trying to hunt and I got a lot going on. So not a lot of time to just go out and, and camp. I get, I take my family camping every once in a while, but, um, most of the time it's day trips and weekend warrior stuff and get out there as quickly as possible, get the job done and get back home. So, um, yeah, not a lot of campfires sitting for me. <laughs> nope. At that point, it's a place to get warm and recover. Yeah. How right. is it? How did you get introduced to the outdoors? Man, you know, I was I was born and raised in North Idaho, where that was just a lifestyle. Like my parents, my dad worked in the in the in the mill and in the woods, and we lived out on a, like a little twenty acre piece. Um, where the closest house was like a half a mile or a mile away. And honestly, like as long as I can remember, I've been jumping off the school bus, going in, changing out of my school clothes and hitting and going outside, you know, grabbing my recurve, grabbing my BB gun and just heading outside and, you know, hunting whatever was around, you know, like (laughs) everybody beware. Of course, I wasn't very that was BB guns and little recurves aren't too deadly. So I wasn't exactly doing a ton, but my dad my dad really introduced me to the whole concept of ethical hunting and um, what it meant to be, you know, an outdoorsman. And um, yeah, he's, he'd been take, pulling me around the woods since I was like probably five or six years old, as soon as he could, because my mom was like, you got to get this kid out. Of that yeah. House. Take him right. with you. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, my dad, you know, we're, my family's just like always been a hunting family. And so um, just walking around the woods and learning, 
you know, how to track and how to watch the wind and how to be quiet. And that's, you know, those are all lessons I learned at a really young age, you know, which is, which is tough to teach a kid that, you know, five, six, seven years old, mm -hmm. because, you know, they're, they get bored really easy. And, I, you know, I had a little bit of a attention problem. So <laughs> there was lots of times where my dad had to like reinforce this whole idea of like, Hey, listen, mm -hmm. if, if you make noise, the deer run away and we're not going to get a deer. So you gotta be quiet, you know, Yeah, all kinds of really cool stuff like that. So yeah, I've been, I've been in the outdoors running around the mountains for my whole life. Yeah. It's just who you are. Your first outdoor experience, I would assume would be with your dad. Do you remember like your very first hunt with him? Gosh, you know, I'm probably my first, my first memory is probably when we were, you know, he took us out Thanksgiving morning to go hunt deer and, uh, Yeah, we, I, I think probably the first memory I have is we're out there, my brother and I, uh, my brother's a couple of years younger than me, and we're following my dad. And of course, we're trying to step in his foot, his foot, uh, in his foot tracks, because uh, it makes less noise. And so we're following behind, following behind. And we were down in this draw, and my dad kind of climbed up on into, onto this little ridge. And he, he was standing there waiting for us to come up. And one of the things that was always a key, uh, a rule was if I stop, you stop. And mm -hmm. so I saw him stop and turn around. Well, as soon as he stopped, I just stopped. And, um, he started giving me the, this motion, like waving his hands towards me saying, come here. And I thought, okay. So I started, you know, kind of creeping up the mountain and I thought, well, maybe dad sees a deer. So we got to be slow and quiet. And then he says, Hey, and he starts, come on. And so we walked up there like, what's going on? and uh got finally got to the top of the ridge and about that time this buffalo who had gotten out of this buffalo farm nearby come screaming through where we were standing ran through a fence and just kept on running and uh <laughs> that was probably the first memory i have of like of uh hunting with my dad i i was probably six years old and my brother was probably right around five and um and i, I remember learning like that this is a very wild place and you just yeah. never know what could happen. Um, it was great. It, it, it was, that's probably my first recollection, but man, all kinds of lessons learned over the years with my dad, all kinds of, you know, patient stuff and learning to appreciate the outdoors and respect the animals and mm -hmm. understand that, you know, this animal gave its life so that we could have life. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. All kinds of things like that when i first when i shot my first deer my dad uh had him uh he you know the tradition in his family was when you shoot a deer you you take uh, a part of it and consume it to have the spirit of the animal and so i got the heart took a big bite of the heart yeah and, up and swallowed it and and uh i remember that being a very proud moment for my dad just like yep yeah, all right you're in now you're a hunter so you've done it yeah very wow that's cool. You've done that. Cause it, you know, every once in a while you see that in a movie or something and you think maybe this time I'm going to do it. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the fact that that is a tradition in your family and you were able to actually say you did that. And yeah. again, it really does make you appreciate life. Cause I remember yeah. having that moment with my first year too, being like, Whoa, I just took something's life, but now, you know, I get to take it home and our family gets to enjoy it. Yeah. 
So. Yeah, it's a big deal. It was a big deal for me, you know, for being mm-hmm. five to 12, you know, just kind of watching my dad and hunting around and being knowing full well, like, this is my chance to contribute because, you know, our family, we grew up pretty humbly, you know, basically if my dad didn't shoot it or fish it out of the lake and my mom didn't grow up, we didn't need it. Like right down to, you know, but we bought milk from the neighbor and she'd take the cream and make butter. I mean, it was all home. I was, I like to say I was paleo before it was cool. You know? <laughs> like, we weren't eating anything from the store other than, you know, maybe an occasional like box of cereal or something like that. But that was, that was about it. And so I was really happy to finally contribute to the freezer, you know, and when we were eating those, you know, those deer chops, it was a very proud moment for a 12 year old, you know, to be able to say, yep, I, I helped put food on this table today. Yeah, I can only imagine, especially when it's something where that's your way of eating in life. And then to know you went from dad just being able to do it and mom helping and now you're able to yeah. contribute to that and make it more bountiful. Yeah, it's, it's huge. And, you know, a lot of it's just, as most kids, they're looking for just this affirmation from the parents, you know, and like mm-hmm. getting those attaboys. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a transition time, you know, 12 oh, yeah. years old, you know, you're going from a, you know, from a boy to a man and you want to be seen as that. And so at 12 years old, it's a big deal. It was a big deal for me to be able to finally put help put food on the table and help, you know, I walked around with a little puffed up chest for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> as you should, as you should, because that is very, it's a big contribution. Yeah. You said you were basically paleo before paleo was cool. And a lot of that is just because, you know, you said your humble upbringing. What got you into health and fitness? Was it just always because you were eating healthy and you realized that and you wanted to stay active or how did you get into the health and fitness industry? So it was like the perfect storm, right? Because my dad was a hunter and outdoorsman Mm -hmm. and my mom was really into fitness. So my mom started teaching aerobics back in the, (laughs) back in the leotard headband leg warmer days awesome yeah, the step yeah. up swing your arms that's right that's right so <laughs> when i was in first grade i'd stay after school because mom was coming to the school to teach aerobics and so i'd stay after school and i'd do the aerobic classes and my mom taught aerobics and and worked at the local gym and so the two things that i was usually doing was either sports related fitness related um or hunting. Those were basically the two things that I did um, all growing up. Um, of course, my I always tell this story about as far as nutrition goes, that um, we would have Kool-Aid. It was like a treat that we would get. We'd get some Kool-Aid and I had, uh, I don't know, we probably drank Kool-Aid for a couple of years before I ever went over to a friend's house and he had some Kool-Aid at his place and we decided to go in and grab some Kool-Aid. We were just, you know, elementary kids. And um i noticed the kool-aid was a lot better at his house <laughs> and uh he said well man let's make some more and he put a whole cup of sugar in the kool-aid with that little kool-aid packet i don't know if you've ever made those little kool-aid yeah packets, but then it was at that point i realized that what we were getting at home was like green water and <laughs> purple water we weren't getting kool-aid and so there wasn't the cup of sugar that's right so that's how we were raised no 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 sugar in the Kool-Aid, you know, during Easter, we could eat all the candy 
we could eat in one setting and then the rest went in the garbage during Halloween. Same thing. Eat as much candy as you can sit in one, eat in one setting and then the rest went in the garbage. So it was kind of a strict, you know, no sugar, um, homemade, no, you know, preservatives that kind of upbringing that I thought everybody kind of, I just assumed everybody just like most kids think that if that's what they're eating and that's what everybody else is eating too. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking for back-to-back deals on top quality hunting products at prices well below retail, prices so low, it almost feels illegal, <laughs> according to Camel Fire, that is what you can find there. You can find deals like 50 to 70% off of your favorite hunting gear like Stellcam, Vortex, Mystery Ranch, and more. You know I love my Mystery Ranch backpack, and you know we live for Vortex through and through. If you want to support the podcast, please go to thereckoningpodcast.com forward slash camel fire to shop camel fires 50 to 70% off on hunting gear. Again, that's thereckoningpodcast.com forward slash camel fire. Let me tell you, I think it's one of Cody's favorite websites to to stock. He kind of just scrolls through it daily. And I think we have a weekly camel fire package show up. So if you want to do the same and you love a good deal, go to the reckoning podcast.com forward slash camel fire. Or if you're thinking, I'm not going to remember that big long mess, go ahead and swipe up on whatever app you're listening to on the podcast, the show notes, and you can click camel fire down below to shop our affiliate link. Yeah. It, you know, it helped too that I was a pretty athletic kid and started doing sports very early too, Brittany. I was like, at, I think I was seven years old, six or seven years old, I started wrestling. And then um, I wrestled from that point all the way, you know, through high school and wrestled a little bit in some open tournaments in college. And then I started playing softball at eight and then baseball at 12, because we didn't have little league in my town. So I started playing baseball at 13 and then I played baseball all through college and then i played a little bit of professional baseball after college um and then i played football and i did track so i did i was almost i was involved in sports year round so it was like right away it was it was you know football and then wrestling and then track and then since my high school didn't have baseball i would just play american legion baseball all summer and then just start over in the fall and start playing football again. And so fitness has always been something that's always been ingrained in me. And I've always looked to try to get that edge. And then when I went to college and got my kinesiology degree and my Ian health teaching certificate certification and, and, um, you know, got done with baseball in college and got out and started coaching baseball and then, decided I'd like to try and make another run at baseball. And I went and tried out, made a team um, and played some professional baseball and then got out of, out of uh, baseball and went back to college and got my master's degree in physical education and it was, and minored in uh, sports psychology. Cause that was all I was really interested in, in just basically human, human tendencies, human behavior, human psychology, what keeps people from, really not being willing to overcome these limitations that they they put on themselves it's like what makes people quit like what is it that makes people quit um and feel hopeless um when it comes to their health and fitness and um so i did that 
and then I just jumped right into the um, fitness field after that. It was actually a pretty decent story. Um, after after graduate school, I was I just turned like just turned thirty after graduate school, and uh, I for some reason I everybody just started feeling more and more sore. I I mean I, I never stopped working out. I was always running and always lifting. And at this point, I was kind of in that phase like like most people in their 20s most guys in their 20s i was just trying to see how big and strong i could get uh-huh. <laughs> so i was lifting heavy and i was running and um you know just trying to cross train and um i started feeling super sore and then i don't know like right on my 30th birthday um my feet i woke up one day and my feet hurt so bad like i was like what did i do to myself like uh, maybe i need new shoes and it kind of throughout the day got a little bit better and then my shoulders started hurting. And then like four hours later, my shoulder stopped hurting, but my hand would hurt real bad. Mm-hmm. And so I was just curious as to like, how come my feet started hurting? And then I wait, then like four hours later, my shoulder started hurting, but my feet stopped hurting. Then my shoulder stopped hurting, but my hand <laughs> started hurting. And uh, so anyway, this, this progressed for about six or seven months because I'm too stubborn to go to the doctor. And, yeah. uh, and was it the same pattern every time? It wasn't. It was actually something different every time, Brittany. It was like okay. feet and then knees and then shoulder and then like specific joints in my in my hands, like might be my middle finger and my thumb on my left hand. And then like half an hour later, that doesn't hurt anymore, but it's my right wrist and my left pinky. And it was just oh. really strange. I was trying to figure out what was going on. And so... I called my brother who um, was just just out of med school. And he said, man, you need to go get that checked out. I think you might have rheumatoid arthritis. And so I went and uh, I think I was like just about 31 and got um, diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And at that point, this was, this was like 2004, like 2004. And uh, I was looking up like, what does this mean? Cause it was getting pretty bad. It was getting to the point yeah. where it was taking me a long time to get up in the morning and um, I was having a, a really tough time just kind of, um, dealing with this idea that like, you know, five years prior to that, I was a professional athlete. I was getting paid to play baseball and, mm-hmm. and now I was having a tough time getting out of bed and walking around. You know, I started looking up what the, you know, what, what did they have out there for rheumatoid arthritis? And all I could find was basically, you know, it's uncurable. It's an autoimmune system disease. And this disease is basically your your auto, your immune system kind of going haywire and not recognizing the fluid on your joints as you. And so it's always trying to clean the, the fluid off your joints. And once it gets the fluid off your joints, then it starts eating away at the bone and it didn't look good. It was like well. you got gold injections or, but essentially like there's, you're going to come to a point where you're not going to be able to do much. There was lots of uh, pictures on the internet of people with really gnarly hands and, yeah, it was it was pretty scary. It was re- pretty scary. And um, at that point, and I've never been one to like, really feel sorry for myself. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, look, and probably like most people do when they get any kind of diagnosis, that's not good, like, you know, anything. They're like, okay, I'm gonna beat this thing. And so um, I decided, well, I feel better when I'm when I'm exercising. I just I, once I exercise, I just feel better. So 
I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to move to Spokane, get out of this small town. I'm going to have to move to Spokane, which is the nearest big city we have. And I'm going to have to start training. I'm going to have to start, you know, get into fitness, start personal training, get into the gym and start, you know, get, start getting into this. Because if you live at the gym then you know, you're going to be moving around more and mm. uh, you're going to feel better and it's probably going to prolong this like inevitable, you know, state of, you know, having bad hands and bad feet and bad knees and everything else. So um, that's what I did. I moved to Spokane and started my fit, basically personal training and uh, did that for four years at a, uh, it was like a 24 hour fitness and then it turned to an odds fitness and it was just different people. And I was training all kinds of people, you know, I was the usual suspects, you know, people mm-hmm. who were weight loss candidates, people that were just trying to, most time people either want to lose weight or they want to gain muscle. That's basically yeah. candidates, right? And I had a few, a few older clients who were just, you know, just trying to, you know, kick the can down the road a little bit for, you know, further so they could actually do some things with their grandkids or whatever. And then in 2008, a buddy of mine and I decided like, I think we can do this. And that was right when CrossFit kind of came to the public eye. And I told him about this, this new, this new thing that was coming up. I mean, it's, we we need to get ahead of this wave and open a CrossFit. So we opened a CrossFit um, in Spokane and, you know, started training. And luckily for me, I guess to kind of back up a little bit, luckily for me, um, rheumatoid arthritis medication was like right on the cusp of some pretty serious breakthrough uh, medications. Um, and I got a really good doctor and he put me on some, some really good, you know, medication. And it basically, honestly, it, it felt like it cured me overnight. It felt like it cured me. Like I went from, like I said, barely being able to kind of just scoot around and um, to everything I used to be able to do, I can do now. Um, wow. Yeah, which is, which was like, honestly, a miracle. Like, yeah, I thank God for that, honestly. Like, that, it's, the only, it's the only real explanation that, that I, can, I can muster is that my prayers were answered, you know? And so, yeah. I yeah. can only imagine. And I can, not that like, you would want that to happen to you, but I can only guess that you have so much more gratefulness for what your body can do and is actually doing and without the pain. I think I'm glad you brought that up because it is something that is, um, that I didn't realize how much I took for granted, you know, just the ability that I, I was given, um, was taken away and, you don't really know, you know, the whole cliche of you don't know what you have till it's gone. Yeah. That was, there was nothing more apparent. I mean, it was never more apparent than me. I mean, like I said, to go from professional athlete to basically can't really walk. It would take, and I, I, I'm not trying to like, I don't want to exaggerate because mm-hmm. it wouldn't do it any justice, but I, it would take me five or 10 minutes to get out of bed. And by the time my feet hit the floor, um, I'd mm-hmm. be sweating because um it it was that much pain in my hips and knees and and shoulders it was bad it got really really bad and i i I really went through a time there for about a year and a half where it was the first time that i had really questioned like what's this life going to look like and what's my quality of life and um it was really really hard but to your point I no longer take for granted what I have and what has been given to me and what I can do. And that's a lot of, 
what I'm trying to do now. And I know we'll get to train to hunt and what the business model is and what we're doing there. But I want people to see what's possible. And I want them to not take for granted what they're able to do. And if they can, they should. And that you may feel like you're in a position now where um, the, the athletic or fit person is behind you. But there's always something you can do to be better than you were yesterday, no matter how old mm -hmm. you are and no matter what position you find yourself in, whether you're just beginning, you're just starting, maybe you're in your 60s, 70s and just want one more season out of it. Um, that's I'm really, really passionate about about that because I, I've had this experience of going from the highs, the highest high you can get to be, being a professional athlete to I, now I can't really walk around and my future looks like I'm going to be in a wheelchair. Um, mm -hmm. And now I'm back up. And then I shot back up in 2012. I um, placed fourth at regionals at, at the CrossFit regionals and was one point away from qualifying for the CrossFit games. So I went from great shape to holy smokes. Now I'm not going to be able to walk around to one of the you know fittest people in the Northwest. And then yeah, then I started training to hunt and put all that behind me. But um, yeah, I don't take it for granted, Brittany. You're right. I, you're. It's not like I, w I wish it on anybody, but I certainly don't regret. I wouldn't take it back because it opened my eyes to what I have. And I stopped taking it for granted. And I use my fitness and I use my God-given ability every day to do good for the world and do good for my family and do good for myself. And and just promote a healthy lifestyle and because i mean you know, i just i feel like i've been given a second chance well and good for you for actually doing that instead of just staying at a stance or like oh i feel good but like that doesn't mean i have to be you know qualifying almost for the crossfit games. <laughs> right 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 <laughs> so you did you took it to the next level and i'm sure as you said you and your friend were getting ready to open your crossfit gym as somebody that's gone to CrossFit and also just worked with different coaches mm -hmm. and just anybody in general, I think when you watch somebody in fitness, it's always easy just to assume like, oh, they've always been that way or they've never had a struggle. So right. I'm sure you being a coach and knowing like how someone might feel at a certain point or just that mindset really helped you as a coach and also building your business. It really, it really did. I think that people when i when i did open the gym start training again i was kind of back to no, i guess normal back to where i could do all the things um and it was more or less it was just it was a story and i would tell people I, you know i have rheumatoid arthritis and you know three years ago i could barely get out of bed and they would just kind of look at me kind of funny yeah like, like no way that's how you like that seems that seems odd and then i would just tell them you know, you just don't take it for granted because you never know when it could be taken away from you at any, at any point. Um, and yeah, I was, it has really helped me. I haven't really shared that story a ton, Brittany. This is probably only the, I don't know, second or third time I've ever really told that story only because um, I'm not, I guess I just have a, a tough time with the sympathy card. Like I don't, I don't yeah. like to play it. It's hard for me to, but it does make me a little bit more like, relatable maybe or just at least people understand like it i haven't always just had this smooth road of like 
of fitness. I mean, yeah, I've mm-hmm. always, always trained. I've always been pretty athletic, but there was a time, you know, a year and a half, two years in my life that I was pretty certain that that was all over. And, uh, and I, I couldn't run. I never, I didn't, I could barely walk for about two years, let alone run. And I would kind of just push through pain to do some training, but yeah, it's, it's really helped in, in, uh, for me, you know, to better understand people as well, to better be able to like recognize people's limitations. Cause never in my, in my life had I had this, like this, um, hopelessness that I did in the middle of that, um, that breakout, you know, of, of not being able to walk and not really being able to bend, you know, my wrists and that kind of stuff. But now I, I, I can understand people's feeling of like almost this hopelessness of this, like, I just don't think I can do it. Or I've tried so many times, but I keep failing. And so it helps me kind of connect with them as well. So it's, it's, it's a blessing, you know, and it's, I still deal with it. You know, it's, yeah. it's something that, you know, probably will never go away. Like a couple of years ago, I had to have my, my left wrist replaced um, because mm-hmm. um, it finally, it finally wore it out enough that I had to have just some titanium put in into the bone and I have like a fake joint wow. here. So, yeah, but you know what? It doesn't hurt anymore, which is yeah. like the key. <laughs> like, yeah, there's some things I'm not, I'm never going to be able to do a power clean again. I'm never going to be able to do any, mm-hmm. you know, squats. Oh, I hate back. power cleans. Yeah, yeah. Those are, those are brutal anyway. <laughs> they kill my wrist, man. They're oh, not my it. best lift. Uh, that's it. That, I mean, those, you know, the front squats and the power cleans and the, um, you know, snatches and those types of things. Those are, I can do them really light. I do like medicine ball cleans and I do dumbbell snatches, but like those big lifts are, those are gone. You know, but luckily a person doesn't need to do that bar that kind of barbell work in order to do what you know i'm trying to do which is just be fit for the outdoors and for life so totally well and you've learned to modify stuff to still get that movement in but just modify it yeah that's right i appreciate you sharing that story with us and being willing to open up about that because i know so many people can relate to that and it might not be that you know they have what you do but even just knowing that somebody's had a struggle or a lot of times i think as you shift into your 30s body starts changing you have to pay attention to yourself a little bit more and so just to hear somebody overcame that I think goes a long way so I do appreciate you sharing that with us yeah no problem did that then lead to you guys opened your gym and you've been doing all this did that lean to train to hunt is that kind of where did all this kind of play into each other as like one big factor yeah it all did It, it really we opened this we opened the gym in 2008 and uh, Dan Staten is his name. He's the he's he runs Elk Shape. I don't know if you've heard of Elk Shape, okay. but uh-huh. him and I were went in on the gym. And uh, two Septembers in a row, we would just take the whole month of September off, and we would go elk hunting, and we'd hire people to come and watch the gym. And um, by the second September, one of the things that we noticed was like we're training different than everybody else because usually we would just do the workout of the day, and we would you know mm-hmm. just in between classes, and then we train all day and um we noticed that we were we were doing it a little bit different than everybody else and it just kind of dawned on us like hey there's nobody out there really training the the hunting athlete you know specifically for hunting and it was one thing that crossfit didn't do a lot of was these kind of longer duration um uh, workouts nothing weighted 
I mean, there was some weighted vests like, you know, Murph and those types of things, but nothing that was like really preparing you to move through the uneven terrain. Um, and so we're like, hey, let's give this a shot. Let's, let's, let's try this. It's uh, just put workouts specifically for hunting. And uh, so we launched this website in 2010. And in 2012, um, the gym had been open for five years and him and I had been, uh, you know, running the gyms together. We had opened an, an additional location and shut that additional location. We were just kind of going through new business owner, like, you yeah. know, growing pains, right? Like, yes, how, definitely. Are we doing this right? Can we do more? Um, and by 2012, we had just like, we just sat down and we're like, this is, we're I, I had started a family. I had my first kid in 2011. Um, and we just decided, you know, we need to figure out what we're going to do because this just gym can't support both of our families. So we sat down and, um, he wanted to take the, the gym and I said, great, I'll just take train to hunt. Cause at that point, train to hunt was really new and we were just we were selling yearly subscriptions for like 25 bucks kind of like crossfit journal style like 25 bucks a year and then we would put out um daily workouts and people would, would be able to go on there and check them out and watch the video and, and do the workouts and comment and it was going well you know it was it was going pretty good um it was brand new obviously but one of the things that i noticed was after we split up and Dan took CrossFit Spokane Valley, I took train to hunt and I started working on at this, uh, at a cattle ranch. And, uh, I noticed like right as hunting season was wrapping up, like November, December, January, a lot of people's subscriptions were falling off. And so I started calling these people and going, yeah, Hey, like, I'm done. Yeah. Like what's going on? <laughs> and they're like, well, there's nothing really to train for. Like there's no reason to, there's no reason I, I don't do 5Ks. I hate running. I, I hate all these things. So I thought, well, let's give them something to train for. Mm. So I, I came up with this. It was about the same time that the Spartan race came up. And I, the obstacle course race uh, world started kind of opening up about 2012, 2011. And I thought, why don't, why don't I just design a course where, it's, where you do obstacles? And then you shoot and then you combine time with shooting. It's kind of like a, what is it called? Three gun or something like that, where they take the, mm. they take uh they run through a course and they time them and they got to shoot targets accurately. Well, I did that with a bow and just called it the train to hunt challenge and said, okay, now you all have something you can train for. And the train to hunt challenge was really just designed to test how test your fitness regimen. Like this is what I'm doing for my, for my fitness. I'm maybe running 5Ks and I'm doing bench press and and I'm doing bicep curls and I'm doing, you know, splitting up my body parts. I'm doing push one day, pull one day, and then come to the train to hunt challenge. And we're going to put you through a series of tests, which is mostly body weight stuff, you know, stepping over boxes and sandbags and shooting. And then you're going to put a heavy pack on and you're going to run through the mountains trails and you're going to shoot along the way and really test your mountain fitness, your hunting fitness against what you've been doing to prepare. And it, it was a huge hit people from all kinds of, of, uh, different regiments, a lot of CrossFit, a lot of like bodybuilding style, a lot of, of uh, endurance athletes. And they were all like, well, this has a big, been a huge eye opener for me. You know, I, I realize now that I'm not, I, it's really hard for me to move through the mountains with weight on my back. A lot of the endurance athletes that were, you know, doing the five Ks and the half marathons and the, 
and the you know the mini Ironmans and those kind of things were like it's a game changer when you, I put 50 pounds on my back and I'm going through the mountains. And by the way, I'm having a tough time like calming my heart rate down and getting through my shot sequence. You know, when I hit the targets, and so it was, it it went really well. And so I started the the train to hunt challenge tour, and I started doing this series, and I got up to like 12 different train to hunt challenges throughout the country. And then a national championship. I think our first national championship was like 2015, I think, 2016 in Colorado. Is that, mm-hmm. is, that is that where you're at? I'm in Utah. In Utah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did one out. We, we did a national championship in uh, in Utah at Wasatch, Wasatch at, like right at the base of the Wasatch Mountains. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah, uh, I remember seeing that come through. I actually... Oh, yeah, one of it was get like I was getting a bunch of different people that I know on Instagram doing it. Oh. Um, and I think it was right. I don't know if you remember the year, but I think it was either as I was pregnant or right after I had my kid and seeing people doing your challenge. I have to tell you, yeah. seeing people do your challenge. I had that epiphany, too, just from the outside perspective, watching people. I remember watching, I think, who was it? Her Outdoor Journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Courtney. Courtney, I saw Courtney doing it and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this all wrong. I'm like, how, I'm like, how badass is this that I could like, look at her run, look at her shoot. And I was so inspired by that, that I, that completely shifted my mindset on doing my workouts and what I do and why I do it. And I've told you since then, I think I've been more consistent and my mindset has completely shifted on the workouts because I'm using my body the way that I believe God intended to be going outdoors and doing that. And because it's doing something I love and I know there's a purpose behind it other than just like, Ooh, look at my cool bicep. It's completely shifted the way that I work out and actually getting my workout in because I know the fall is going to come and it's going to come every year or we're going to go hiking. And if I want to keep doing that, that's what I got to do to get there. So those challenges, man, they caught my attention. That's awesome. And Courtney is amazing. Like Courtney is, she's, she's a, incredible. She's such a stud. Like it was unbelievable watching her perform at those things. And she just kind of came out of the woodwork, you know, out of Oregon. I got, I had a friend of mine who ran the Oregon qualifier and said, you get, mm-hmm. you're going to watch out for this Courtney. And I was <laughs> like, all right, like that's fine. And we had another really like the women in these competitions are just tough and fast. And it's, it's so fun to watch. Um, and anyway, yeah, Courtney's just an amazing athlete, just in general, just in general. I've spent, I've spent quite a bit of time just, you know, Courtney and I are both with uh, wilderness athletes. And so we mm-hmm. spent some time with, with each other doing uh, just wilderness athlete stuff. That's cool, though. That's cool. I, I was going to ask you how much you knew about training to hunt and how long you've been kind of following us. But that, that gives me a pretty good idea because yeah. it was a little while ago. <laughs> well, yeah, it was a while ago. And I was telling at one point, I'm like, I'm going to train. I'm going to train to hunt. And then, like I said, I can't remember what came up and I was unable to actually do it. So one of these days, okay, well, put it to the test. <laughs> if, well, we got, you know, we have one coming up in Oregon. We got oh, one this year. In fact, okay. This is the- you know, this is the first time that I'm making this announcement because the website is supposed to launch either today or tomorrow. But okay. I've, as you can imagine, over the last couple of years, not being able to have a challenge, people are like just frothing at the mouth to get oh, out I there can and imagine. do it again. Right. So mm. I'm doing one um, in Salem, Oregon, July 30th and 31st this year. And it's going to be it's going to be awesome. Honestly, 
no matter what happens, it's going to be great because I know that I'm going to be able to see my people again, you know, and it really is such an amazing environment full of people who think like you. And it's, it's been the biggest blessing for me because of that. When I first started this, Brittany, I had no idea if anybody would do it. No idea. Like I thought maybe this is just a bad idea, (laughs) but I got, I threw it out there. And I think the first one I ever did, we had, I don't know, maybe 30 or 40 people show up. And, um, I can tell you that being kind of a hard charging fitness person, as you probably know, is kind of lonely. Mm-hmm. It's kind of lonely. You, you run through, you run through training partners a lot. And I think for me anyway, just mentally, I just felt like, um, not misunderstood, but just nobody really, I didn't really, I didn't really feel like there was too many people out there who felt like I did, which was like, every day I'm going to push and I'm going to be better than I was yesterday. And during the workouts, like this is in my 30, you know, 30s and early 40s, I was will, I was like, this may sound crazy, but like I was, I'd rather die than quit. Like I, mm-hmm. if I'm on there and it sucks and I'm in that pain cave and I'm hurting, like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I'll, That's I'll, almost I'll pa- my I'll sweet pa- spot too. Yeah. I'll pass out before I die. So I'm just going to keep pushing as hard as I can until I pass out, I guess, because, and it, which never happens, but it was hard to find people with that mindset of like, just I'm going, nothing's going to stop me. It kind of extreme hard charging people. And when I started the train to hunt challenge, like you'd be surprised how many people are out there just like, just like, you, you know, just like me that are like really hard charging. They love it. They're nice people. They support you there. And, and, uh, it, it was really a huge byproduct of, uh, of the train on challenges means such incredible people. Yeah. Well, geez, now I, July 30th, 31st. That's right. Put it on your calendar <laughs> and all you listeners out there, put it on your calendar. I'm telling you, it's going to be a great, it's going to be a great event. I'm like fishing for everybody that I can get to get out there. I'm, I'm going to contact Cameron Haynes and Rich Froning and, and, you know, who knows if I can get Cameron Haynes, maybe I can get, you know, Joe Rogan and Jocko Willink and some of his buddies, but I'm, I'm oh, going yeah. fishing for all those guys because they're all bow hunters. They're all fitness guys. And why not come out and meet us and why not come out and compete? You know, so you should come. It would be, it would be, it's going to be a good time, a good environment. It's, and really you'll see, like, it's not about the competition. People come there mm-hmm. to do well. And that's just because we, we, we take pride in, in, in taking our fitness serious and we want to do well, we don't want to come out and embarrass ourselves, but, um, I'm telling you, no matter what your fitness level is, whether you're just starting out, or if you're somebody who's just a fire breathing dragon, who's out there, just like rich froning style, killing it, you're going to have a good time and you will be humbled. I don't care who you are. You're going to be humbled because either you're going to find some holes in your game. Cause I promise you that if you're focusing too much on these, uh, on, you know, the wrong thing, you're not going to be able to shoot it as well as you thought you could, or you're not gonna be able to pack that weight around as, as, as well as you thought you would. So it'll be a good time. So put it on your calendar. Yeah, I can, I can only imagine uh, the website blues. I've been there doing the, Oh, you know, actually just go, go check out my Instagram or the showing your website to someone and being like, well, it, it's going to get updated. I promise. <laughs> knowing it's far past time for said update 
But thanks to my friends Jen and Jeff over at the Tonic Site Shop, I now know how incredible it feels to send people to my site knowing that when they find it, they are going to fall in love with my brand and get a good feel exactly what Reckoning is. Jen and Jeff just launched a new collection of completely customizable website templates. And they make killer sales pages too. If you're feeling like it's time for a change, you've got to check out their designs. They're gorgeous, yes, but more than that, they don't look like templates and they don't act like templates either. They are completely customizable to fit your brand. You're gonna stand out. They're built with all the strategy of an incredible $20,000 custom design made to reach the client of your dreams. But even better, customizable, beautiful, professional, and it doesn't cost $20,000. <laughs> Just head over to thetoniksiteshop.com and check them out and make sure to use my code reckoning15 for 15% off your design. Again, that's tonicsiteshop.com and use my code reckoning15 for 15% off your design. So if someone that's like, okay, this sounds like a good time. Yeah. I want to be challenged. I want to be pushed or you know what? Like I'm new to this thing, but yeah. he's making some great valid points. I want to come. Yeah. And I, I kind of want to start. Where does someone who's wanting to start training to hunt? What are some tips you could give somebody to just get started? Okay. I mean, we're in, we're in June people. The fall yep. is coming up fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's time. That's right. The one thing that never stops is time. It's, yes. it's gonna, it's gonna come here it's with gonna come. or without you. It's coming. Exactly. Um, Honestly, you have to just find out where you're at right now. And I, I, I try to preach the same thing. It doesn't matter where you're at. You just have to start there. If it's, mm-hmm. um, if it's walking to the end of your driveway and back, and that's, that's about as far as I can go with that and feel maybe just a little uncomfortable, but, but I can do it. Well, start there. If you're somebody who doesn't know where you are, I have no idea. I haven't, I haven't really done much of anything. Or you're somebody who has done some things, but you're not sure how far you fell off the path. What I would suggest is that you find what I call your baseline. Like what's, what's my baseline and that I can do every day mm-hmm. that isn't going to make me so sore or make me injury, injury prone. Um, to give you an example, about... February, I decided to start this like, okay, I'm going to do this every single day. And I would, I want to show people how to create a baseline. So what I did was I put a 50 pound pack on and I walked for four miles. And when I came back, I did, I think it was like, I did this to push, pull, squat, hinge. Like, so I did like, uh, I think I did 30 push ups, 30 pull ups, like 150 uh, squats and like 50 deadlifts. And then the next day, I saw, I, I just figured out, okay, how does my body feel right now? Do I feel like I could for sure do it again today? Do I feel con- like pretty sore um, or do I feel like nothing? And the next day I felt, you know, I felt like my knee was a little bit sore. I still have, I had do have some knee issues. So I, that's why I, I don't do a lot of running. And that's why I do a lot of packing, which makes sense to me anyway. So, mm-hmm. so the next day I went out and I did two miles in my pack and then did all those push, pull, squat, hinge movements. And then the next day I felt pretty good. So I thought, okay, here's my baseline. My baseline is two miles in my pack, 50 pound pack. I can do 30 push ups, 30 pull ups, 50 squats, and 50 deadlifts with lightweight. I think I was like using 35 pound kettlebells for my 
for my straight legged deadlifts. And that's where I started. And I did it every single day for, I think it was like 30 days. And mm -hmm. after that, I decided I'm going to bump up a little bit. And I started going further. I went four miles and, but it's all about just, it's what I'm getting at is all about go out and test it. And then the next day, if you feel like you can do it again, then maybe you hit the sweet spot, do it again and see how you feel the next day. Do it again. If you can, because really fitness is about this. It's about consistency, right? It's yeah. about building a habit, building a, building an addiction to movement, addiction to the journey. Because if goals are great to have, they really are. And we should all have goals. Your goal should be to come to the train to hunt challenge and do the train to hunt challenge. And you should be having that, that in mind. But goals are really for that along the journey. If you run into like, a time where it's really tough, like, oh man, today's a tough day. I'm not really feeling it. I'm kind of wore out a little bit. That goal is what's going to get you over that obstacle of, mm -hmm. of, of wanting to procrastinate or maybe skip the day. Um, but the journey, if you don't enjoy the journey, if the journey hurts, you're not going to do it for very long. You have to, you have to do it. You have to do enough that you feel like you're making some progress. And believe me, you're going to be making progress. If you're moving, in a pack and doing some push-ups, even if it's five push-ups and and five squats and five deadlifts or five lunges, just start anywhere. You're making progress, and pretty soon that that's going to feel too easy. So you're going to do something else, or you're going to do more. Mm -hmm. So you, you just have to start where you are and just progress, progress, progress. But consistency, consistency is the key. People say, oh, I work out, you know, three days a week because I need time to recover. You do need to recover. You need to get, make sure you get lots of sleep. You got to make sure you're eating healthy, drink lots of water and take care of yourself nutritionally, macronutrient wise. But don't, I don't think there's anything more important than being consistent. And that means doing something every day. Even if you're really sore, go out and go for a walk, but carve time out of your day for you and your fitness level and your movement, you got to move um, because it's pretty easy to fall off. Once you fall off that path, it's pretty slip, slippery on both sides and you kind of get further and further away. You take one day off, one day turns into a day, two days, two days turns into a week. And before you know it, you're like, I cannot believe it's been, you know, a year since I worked out you know? <laughs> yeah. and we've all been there. I've been there. I've been there. Oh yeah. So that's what I would suggest, but you know, I know that's a long-winded answer, but I would say do some sort of a cardio, whether it be ride a bike, walk, swim, but something that you enjoy. Don't mm -hmm. just be like, okay, I hate running, but I'm going to do it because do I, it know, anyway. I think it's the best thing to do. Don't do that because you're just going to, you're just going to stop doing it. That's all there mm -hmm. is to it. You're not going to do something so much that you hate it now. And you're, you think, oh, I'll just love it. You're not, you're not going to love it. You do something that you, you at least don't hate um, and do it just whatever you think you can do, do a little less than that and then check it the next day. And if you hit it on the head, then you, you should be okay. Maybe just a little sore and then do it again and check it again and stay with it. Be patient. Remember we are in a marathon people. Yeah. We are not trying, you know, we're not, we're not crash dieting for our wedding. You know, mm -hmm. we are into the, we're into life and life you know, if God gives it to us, we got a hundred years on this. And so however you're at right now, like say, I got whatever, I got 50 years, I got 60 years, 70 years, 40 years. That's how long we're into it for. Not, 
not by the not the end of the month, not this hunting season. It's forever. So enjoy the journey. Pick something you like and do it. And then do something really simple. Here's the other thing, key. Make your make your workout simple enough that you can't make an excuse not to do it. Mm. Um, and have something in your back pocket for those days that you just can't seem to get carve out a half hour. I got maybe 10 minutes and that's it. My go-to is just a minute of push-ups, a minute of sit-ups, a minute of squats, a minute of lunges. And I just go as hard as I can with no rest in between. And if that's all I got, I can knock that out in five minutes and I can say I didn't skip my workout today. So you have to have that, that kind of that, that workout in your back pocket that if you're traveling, if you're in a hotel room or you're stuck at work, you can lock your office door and do a five minute workout sit-ups and push-ups and squats and lunges, you know, so. Yeah. Hell yeah. That is solid advice. And I think some really good, like juicy tips in there is just making it like something you want to do and doing it consistently and to not coming out of the gate so hot that you're like burnout. You can always add to it. And, but if you're being consistent, I think, I think that's the sweet thing too, when you've been consistent with something and then you're like, you know what, now I think I can do a little bit more. And you're using your own self as motivation that that is money. And I love the tip about like, you know, your backup plan when you can't, you're no excuse plan. Yeah. So for me, like I loved yours. That's great. I'm definitely going to be jotting those down. Mine too, is I'll just put on an incline on the treadmill and I'll take my computer and get on the treadmill and I'm going to be working anyways. I might as well walk at work. <laughs> like yes. there is no excuse. There is no excuse. There is no excuse. And you have to carve the, the excuses out of your life. You have to, yeah. and you have to stop procrastinating. I think Jocko Willings, the one that said like the only thing he procrastinates on is being, is procrastinating. Like, mm-hmm. all right, I don't want to do it today. You know, tomorrow I won't do it. And then the next day, oh, tomorrow I won't do it, which is you have to, and you have to recognize, honestly, like the, one of the hardest things about turning the corner in a fitness in, in your health and fitness and your wellness and basically dedicating, um, dedicating your time and your energy to becoming the, you know, the, the most fit you, you can be is being honest with yourself. That it's really like, I, mm-hmm. Oh man, I can't do it today because of this and this. Can you really not? Or are yeah. you just like, is this just a convenient excuse that comes up? Like as soon as you find out like, Oh man, my workout time is going to be filled with, you know, my kid's bat baseball game or basketball game or, or something came up, then take five minutes right then and do something like mm-hmm. you have to try to look for reasons. I, I use this analogy. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but I, I always use this analogy in myself to myself was like, if somebody told me, look, if you work out every day this year, I'll give you a million dollars but you have to work out every day. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. huge. It doesn't have to be great. It doesn't have to be like, there's no boundaries around working out, but you have to do something every day. Um, if it came, if I had a workout plan for, you know, after work and it came in and that I couldn't do it, you better believe that I'm going to be working out at 11 o'clock at night if I have to. Be. Oh, for sure. Because I'm not, I'm not going to pass. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose. I'm going to win, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, if you if something comes across your day that says to you and your brain tells you oh man that sucks that means i can't work out today i want you to immediately think about this if it means giving up a million dollars i only use money because a lot of people like the idea of having a million dollars given to them could i make it happen 
And if the answer is yes, then you can make it happen. It's possible. Do something. When people are going to these events, yeah. what is it? You said you kind of mentioned there's shooting, there's um, the run. Is there anything additional you're adding this year different from what you've had in years past? So this year we're just having the one event and it's kind of a okay. welcome back style event that's going to be very similar to what we've had in the past, which will be, um, which will be step ups. So we have a 20 inch box. Mm -hmm. You do step up on the box, step down on the other side, turn around and go back. We have that as an exercise. It's probably going to be a, maybe a 200 yard loop. And then you'll be shooting a target at 30 yards and it's a known distance. And this is, Kind of the challenge portion of of the of the of the train to hunt challenge course that ends with a mountain course so mm -hmm. i'll give you a quick overview that's where we start is the 20 over the over the box um, step ups and then a run and then a sh shoot um, and then the next thing is going to be a sandbag ground to shoulder and then you're going to step over the box and then on the other side you drop the sandbag pick it back up and then over the box do that 20 times and then run you know, 200 yards or whatever, and then shoot. And then the next one is, gosh, I believe the next one is burpee over the box. So it's everybody's favorite. No, not mm -hmm. it, actually, it's not as bad as the last one. So it's burpee over the box. And then the last exercise is get ups. So you do a sandbag get up, which is you hold the sandbag close to your body, mm -hmm. you lay back on your back, and you stand up. Anybody familiar with the like a Turkish get up? It's very similar to that, only you're not holding the weight over your head. You're just holding the weight against your chest and then oh, over yeah. the box. And everything's over the box. So it's it's like get Giving up, over obstacle. the box. Get up, over the box. Um, and then after you shoot your last arrow, then you put on a weighted pack. And you know the weighted packs are like anything from 50 pounds to five pounds. Like the, the senior master women are just a five pound pack. Um, so we do have divisions. Um, I'll, I'll get through the course first. Mm -hmm. So then you do the mountain course and on the mountain course, it's usually between one and two miles and you have your pack on, you grab your bow, you have two arrows and along this trail at some point, you're going to stop twice and you're going to shoot two targets and all the targets are 3d animal targets. And the, the, the mountain course targets are usually, they're usually big animals. They're usually like elk or caribou or you know, mule deer or something like that. And they're usually pretty reasonable shots, you know, nothing over okay. 40 yards. And then you finish. And at the end of, at the end of the mountain course, you, you, everything's timed and we just give you a time and then we score all your arrows and you're going to end up shooting six arrows. So four at the challenge course, two in the mountain course. And we have judges out there who are scoring and pulling your arrows. And um, then we score all of your arrows if you hit the heart or the eight, the 10 ring, the traditional 10 ring, mm -hmm. um, then there's, there isn't any penalty at all because the way we kind of see it is if you shoot an animal perfectly in the heart, then there it's very rare that there's any penalty. In fact, they'll usually die within sight. Um, if you shoot it in the lungs, um, the eight ring, um, we do add 30 seconds, not because we think it's a bad shot, but because it's got, we got to separate the difference between a heart shot and a lung shot. Mm -hmm. Maybe you just get one lung and you have to do some tracking. And there is a little bit of consequence to shooting something in, in the lungs, depending on one lung or two lung. Um, so we, it's, a th we add 30 seconds to your time. And if you, for every arrow that you shoot outside of the, of the eight ring, which is, you know, 
every hunter's nightmare, you know, <laughs> anywhere, yeah. but in the vitals, um, we add one minute to your, to your mm -hmm. overall runtime. And if you miss completely, um, there isn't any time penalty, but you have to stop everything you're doing and you have to do 20 burpees before you can move on. So whether that's on the challenge course or the mountain course, if you miss a target, you just have to do 20 burpees. And that's nothing compared to how bad you'd beat yourself up if you miss something. Yes. So, <laughs> so um, that's how it scored. Um, and that's that is cool. I didn't yeah. realize you guys did that. And I like the ethical thinking behind it as well. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, you know, 12 years of thinking about, and it's come along, there's, it's transformed quite a bit um, in the way we operate. And I've always, tried to from day one i've always tried to run this competition with those things in mind like i want to be able to answer those questions like how can you how come you uh add 30 seconds even though i hit shot it in the lungs mm. well mm -hmm. this is why you know um how come you have us stop on the mountain course and shoot targets how come you don't just have us shoot the targets all right here well because there's times when you have to hustle up a mountain with yeah, weight, that's not with how it happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you gotta make those shots. So um, lots of thought and lot and I can't take all the credit. I've had, as you can imagine, over the years, lots of people suggest things and and there's been some adjustment. Great when we first started doing this, that the the mountain course and the challenge course were two separate things. It was a challenge course. Oh. And then what we did was called a it was called a meat pack event and you, you might chuckle at this. I like, I kind of cringe when I think about where we started. <laughs> uh, the men were 200 pound packs. Oh, they had moved 200 pounds of meat. And to my defense, my thought was great. This is a great opportunity to get another event out there to get mm -hmm. people to think about this pack out. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay, 200 pounds sounds about right for, you know, a pretty, you know, about boned out elk. You know, yeah. and I, it never even dawned on me that somebody would try to put all 200 pounds of these sandbags in their pack and move it to the finish line. I thought they would put like a hundred pounds and then they'd move it to the finish line and come back, <laughs> come back. get the hundred pounds. Got and it. Oh. And I'll never forget this conversation. It was the first challenge. We had 200 pound meat pack and this giant ex football player, NFL football player comes up and says, Hey man, can, is it okay if I do all 200 pounds at once? And I was like, <laughs> man, if you're man enough, yeah, I guess sure. go ahead and try it. Oh. And he started loading his pack with all 200 pounds. And of course, the other competitors were like, I guess I got to do it too. And then from that point on, it just felt like, and it was proven that it made struggling through the 200 pound one tripper was faster than doing two trips. And so everybody felt like they had to wow. do a 200 pound pack. Anyway, that's where we started. And I got real and error. <laughs> yeah, the very next year I was like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. We're going to hurt somebody. It's it's really come a long ways and I'm really proud of it to be honest with you. Like I'm really proud of what it's become. Um day 2 uh, is another thing I'm really proud of and that's the it's called the Hunter's 3D course. Mm -hmm. It's it adds to your overall score and it's basically what it is is it's shots that you were, would see in the field like uh probably the most realistic one of the most the one i've seen or heard people emailing me about the most is our 30 second hold so you draw back and a, a judge starts a watch 
and at 30 seconds they tell you you're all clear and then you can shoot but how many times do people like draw their bow and suddenly they're they're trapped so they the, the deer saw them or whatever saw them and they turn sideways or you pull that bow and anticipate in anticipating that that bull is going to step out and it stops mm-hmm. and you, you just got to sit, sit there full draw for whoever who knows how long anyway yeah um so you do a draw and hold um you do like a shot from a kneeling position and a shot from a seated position um you draw kneeling stand up from behind a bush and shoot you draw from behind a tree and step out um, from behind the tree and shoot you we do a uh, a draw and shoot in five seconds which seems mm-hmm. like wow that's really fast but it's it's not as fast as you would think but we do say go you draw aim and shoot in five seconds just to simulate those small windows that come up when you're uh-huh. hunting. like you're going to draw that elk step you know steps out from behind the tree and stops and looks at you you know you got you're gonna you gotta shoot you know and then no i'm gonna have cody having his timer out tonight (laughs) yeah yeah exactly exactly okay five seconds go five seconds and then here's another really i think it's a fun one to practice um it's called the follow-up shot so Mm -hmm. you shoot an arrow and once you shoot the arrow the, the time starts and you have 10 seconds to reload the arrow draw back you know, acquire your target and get that second arrow off. Um, which is one of people love that shot because yeah. a real test. That's one of those shots we modified as well. We used to, yeah. it used to be 10 seconds, but you had, to, you had to move like oh. 10 yards, which I may bring back the movement. Like you may have to shoot from one spot and then move to another spot to shoot, but I'll just add some time to how long you have to, mm-hmm. to shoot. But it was really a shot that came up for me one time and it was just, I shot and the elk, you know, jumped and took off and I moved. I didn't have to move very far, but as I was moving, I was pulling an arrow and I got another follow-up shot on him and uh, was like, that's a, that's a really, that's a real shot. Like when you get something when you shoot, you know, a deer or an elk or something, if you can get a follow-up shot in that guy, you're going to get another follow-up shot. So that's a really fun shot. And, you don't see that at normal 3d shoots and that's no. that's what i was looking to try and do for this for this competition in fact the first time i ever thought about training to hunt was i was at a 3d shoot and it was just like you know backed up and people are just waiting and waiting and i was like you know what i'm gonna do a 3d shoot where you have to run through it because have you ever heard of speed golf where Mm-mm. you're only allowed like three clubs in your bag and they time how long it takes you to get through the 18 holes and it, it actually like plays a part in not just how many strokes it took you, but how fast you got through it. And I was okay. like, you know, they should do that with archery 3d shoots. Like how fast can you get through this? So anyway, yeah, it's, it'll be, it's, it's a good time. Um, I do want to touch on this too, just so you know, because this is, this will be something really cool for you as well. Um, and in, all the listeners out there should check this out. As soon as the, the website launches, we're starting our, our first monthly online challenge, which is a great warm up to the live challenge because it's basically like this, this month's uh, June's ch- challenge is three rounds of 10 lateral jump burpees and w- followed up by one shot at 20 yards at a six and a half inch target. 
it's okay. It's three rounds. So 10 burpees, shoot, 10 burpees, shoot, 10 burpees, shoot, stop your time, your, your stopwatch. And that's, that's your results. The only thing you have to do that, and it's pretty easy is you just have somebody film you right the whole time, just like mm. stand there and film you, make sure that they, they, uh, they get you and the target in the frame the whole time. And I just filmed mine with a tripod. So it's not like you have to move Prop it up you, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. You just set it up somewhere and hit the stopwatch and go. And, um, yeah, it's, it, it's going to be fun because that's cool. We're going to do that every single month. We're going to have just a little mini challenge that everybody can jump on there and do. And it's a good opportunity to build this community as well, because people are going to be on there and they're going to get their friends to do it. And they're going to be on there, man, how, how am I doing? Am I still yeah. in first place? Am I, you know, so it'll be, it'll be fun. That is cool. I do miss checking the leaderboards at CrossFit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> leaderboards are like leaderboards. the best. It's crazy how obsessed I got with the CrossFit leaderboards and mm -hmm. like, but in, in, you know, full disclosure, like the year that I almost qualified for the CrossFit games in 2012, it was the last time I ever competed as an individual. That was, those were the days of like Chris Spieler, mm. um, like Spieler won my region. Wow. And so Spieler took first and then his training partner got second. And then um, a guy named Jerome Perryman, he was, uh, he was third place. So anyway, yeah, what I'm saying is it was a long time ago. Like now <laughs> I, I don't think I compete with the teens now. So <laughs> yeah, oh. it, it was a great time to be a CrossFit competitor. For sure. Times, that was before like people were doing weights that like, I like Crazy, people are insane. snatching weights that I, I don't know if I could deadlift anymore. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Now I'm like, I'm just happy doing the movement and getting my workout in. Yes. I've, I've done what I needed to. Yeah. Well, and to your point, that's, it's different, right? Mm -hmm. the, like I was at the peak, I think I was 30, I think I was 38 years old. Um, yeah, I was 30, I was 38 years old when I almost qualified for the games. Um, and now my mindset's totally different. I'm 48 mm -hmm. now, it's 10 years later. And I'm looking, I'm now looking to the future. I'm, I've stopped chasing PRs. And I'm not saying that you're, you should stop chasing PRs by all means. If you're, if that's what you like, I mean, if you're in your twenties and thirties and forties, even, I mean, I'm not saying that fifties shouldn't be chasing PRs, but I'm really looking to just be able to do what I can do right now. I want to be able to do what I can do right now, which is still quite a bit at 48. I can still do quite a bit. I want to be able to do that when I'm 70. If I can do what I can do right now, when I'm 70 years old, I win. That's it. Yeah. I, I'm winning. And the only way to do that is you have to do it. You got to do it and you got to do it every day. The old, the old saying of like user lose it is I, I remember thinking that was just ridiculous, but it's so true. It's so true. Like if you jump every day, why would you ever stop being able to jump? If you yeah. do, you know, if, if you're, If you're running or you're biking or you're walking every day, what's going to stop you from being able to do that other than injury, but then you just have to be smart. So anyway, longevity, that's where train to hunt the training programs and those types of things. That's where I'm going to start leaning a lot of the, the training programs is I'm going to start focusing in on these guys that are, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70 that look, my ego is in check. 
I, I sincerely am not trying to break my deadlift PR or my bench PR or my mile time. Or I just want to be able to spend one more year in the woods with my kids, with my daughter, yeah. with my son. Well, and your PR is just shifted. Like your That's mindset right. of what a PR is. That's right. That's right. I just, I wanted to throw that in there to make sure that it was a real clear understanding. Cause back in 2010, when training Gun started, it was like, it was like, gas pedal to the floor mm-hmm. we're doing snatches we're doing cleans we're doing like really high octane high intensity workouts and now it's not that we're still doing some of those but I've, i scale the workout so that you can feel you know you can whatever you're you're doing right now you can do it so and so people know what to expect. You have your challenge. That's obviously the live challenge that's happening that we've discussed and sounds yep. incredible. Yep. And the challenge that you've got for the month, but you also have trained to hunt is an online subscription. Yes. What can someone expect when they log into there and start training to hunt? So again, this is something that has evolved over time. And over the last 12 years, I have tried uh, and really what I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to get people involved. I'm trying to get people the help they need and they want. And, and it, the, as you know, the fitness world is so saturated that it's like, I myself, I'm like, how do I decipher what's, what's true and what's not and what's good and what's bad. And when mm-hmm. they come to my site, I just want them to, I want to make available to them anything that they may need. So when they come to the site, um, there's three different options. We have a standard option, which is $34.95 a month. And with that option, you get a free entry fee and uh, every month you get on, you can, you can join the online tra- uh, challenge. You also get a free entry fee into any live challenge you want. So this year will be, will be Oregon, right? And then you get, we give you 75 points, I think 75 points it's pretty popular nowadays. If every dollar spent, you get an entry fee and then you give, you give something away at the end of the month. So you get some entry fees for that. You get 10% off the store. Um, but the two big things are the online challenge. You just subscribe. And so you can just do that every month and, and the entry fee, you know, the entry fee is a pretty big value to be able to come to one of those for free. Mm-hmm. Cause, um, if you're not, a, if you're not a member, it's $150 standard to, for the entry fee. Um, and then they get, you get access to the daily workout page. Basically okay. you get to log in. And this is something that I'm probably the most, there's, there's lots of things I'm excited about. This is one mm-hmm. of them is that we used to have this online page where you could go on and see the workout of the day. And then you comment like, yep, I got it done. And did this, you know, I did it like this. Hope everybody else is having a good time out there. Um, you're going to have access to that members only page where I'm going to be doing workouts of the day and tips and tactics, you know, nutrition stuff, any, any kind of questioning that comes up, I'm going to, throw on that members only page. So it's a pretty high value in terms of like being a member. Then you're going to have our basic, our basic package will be 1095 a month. And that's going to give you, you're going to be able to get some entry fees into the monthly giveaway. You get 10% off on the store. And you also get to be on uh, online, the online challenge sheet that pays for your entry fee on the online challenge. And then our premium package is all of those things, obviously Mm -hmm. more entry fees because it's 5495 a month. But you get an hour consultation with me every uh, every month. So I'm going to be kind of coaching you through 
what you're doing give you some advice on like okay so where what are you doing right now currently for your workout and we're going to discuss that and they maybe they maybe ask me the first time like i have no idea why don't you just tell me what i should be doing and then every week i'm going to check in with somebody so it'll be kind of a it won't be i wouldn't say personal training like personalized programming but it's going to get it give you a chance to be able to consult with me and and I am a sucker for somebody who needs help. I will, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to give you all the help you need. Uh, and I want to see you succeed. So that's what the 5495 premium um, subscription gets you is every month you schedule a call with me and we'll talk for as long as we need to talk in order to get you squared away for, for the month. Um, and then uh, you'll have access to me via text or something to be able to ask me questions, but then you get the, you know, the online challenge, you get the in-person challenge. You get the 10% off, you get the membership page access. So I just wanted to build tons of value into these mem- these subscriptions so that we can get the community back together. Um, and I understand the one thing that I've learned full well in the last 12 years, Brittany, is that people have their, their training groups and they love them. They love their mm-hmm. CrossFit boxes. They love their, their groups that they train with. And so to pull them away from that completely is almost impossible. But you can you can supplement their workouts. You can have mm-hmm. them like jump. So you give them a workout of the day, and they can jump on there. And maybe if they're somewhere where they can shoot a bow, finally they'll go on there and do it. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. I'm optimistic that we're going to be able to pull everybody back together and and uh, get this community you know reunited and and hopefully grow it. Like I'm really hoping yeah. that we can really grow it through podcasts like yours, you know, people hear about it. Maybe this is the first time they've ever heard about it. You'd be, you'd be amazed how many people have never even heard of train the hunt. And yeah. of course that's my fault because I'm, I'm a one man show, you know, yeah. in, in 12 years, <laughs> I, was, I was everything as you probably are now with everything in your business. You're the mm-hmm. marketing, you're the, you're the, you, your marketing, yeah, a lot. your content, your, customer service you're all mm-hmm. of it so um yeah. but i'm i'm really pumped i'm really excited about the new website and everything else yeah i am definitely excited and you're someone that i've been wanting to talk to like i said i was so inspired just watching those train to hunts it inspired me just in a way of shifting my mindset yeah and i just know so many people as you get out you're in hunting season and everyone's got the best new backpack and the yes. best you know, scope and the binos and let me show you this cool new thing and tool. And then you, you know, you get going and you're deep in the woods and you're hiking and everybody's like, son of a bitch, I should have started working out sooner. Yes. (laughs) And so I think so many people forget the power of health and fitness when it comes to hunting and that it is an important, important tool for that. So hopefully a lot of people take that a little more into consideration because as I always am telling everyone, like, why are you working out? Why are you doing this? Yeah. The aesthetics is cool. That's nice. But to be able to go with my kids, like you said, and just keep going because they're only getting stronger and better at this point in their life. Mom has got to keep up or maybe outshine them just a little bit, just to keep them a little bit humble (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) just for for a little while until they outbeat me. But that goes a long ways. And I think that's worth, you know, every sweat and cuss word I have while I'm pushing myself just a little bit harder. For sure. And just think of the example that you're setting for them, you know? Yes. I want it to just be normal. It's something you do. It will. It'll be, it'll be their normal. They'll be like, yeah, just like when I grew up, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, of course I work out. Of course I, of course, like, doesn't everybody. And that's Mm -hmm. what my kid, I want my kids to think of too, is like, yeah, of course, like, 
course you work out. Of course you run. Of course you lift. It's fun. You don't do that. Yeah. So they're, your kids are going to have the, they're going to have the same example. You know, they're going to, they're going to know. And even if they don't like to do it when they're younger, like eventually they'll know, like, this is something that is possible. And mom did it. Remember when mom was always, mom was always working out. Yeah, I hope so. Thank you. Yeah. I've had so much fun getting to talk to you. We're going to have to do a part two because there's like so many unanswered I questions. I can tell so many people are going to have other things to yeah. ask and I, you know, discuss and dissect further. Where can everyone find you? Tell us Instagram website one more time so they can find you and I'll put everything in the show notes as well. Okay. So website is trainedtohunt.com. Instagram is train to hunt. Facebook is trained to hunt. It was it's the nice thing about being first to market is heck that, yeah. That you didn't have to you got it I all. Go, I didn't have to go crazy. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of people out there now, but yeah, I got it all. I got the website, I got the Instagram, I got Facebook. I just opened a TikTok, which is really strange because I'm I old know. man and I'm not sure how to deal to that, but hopefully somebody can show me someday. <laughs> I got a TikTok account called Train to Hunt. Um, I think Twitter my Twitter handle is Train to Hunt One. Um, I don't, I'm not real active on Twitter, but Instagram is really where I spend most of my time posting and I'm trying to get better at it, Brittany, but man, it's, um, I I need some help. I got, (laughs) I, I I just, I'm just, uh, post, post, I just like snap a picture of me walking and be like, all right, I hope you got your workout. Yeah, let's go. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. I I got people, I got people, I got people right now that I'm going to get on the phone with today. They're going to help me out. I'm going to get some young Oh, it's the best person. thing you can do. It's right. the best thing you can do. Right. Young person, they're going to yep. show me how to run my Instagram and my YouTube and all of this stuff. So, um, and then I'm you old. can get back to doing the sweet spot and then yes, the ma'am. world can get the rest of it. Awesome. Yes. Train to hunt. That sounds like easy enough to find. Yep. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on. You bet. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Yeah. Anytime. Please don't forget to subscribe. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating interview. It seriously helps more than you know. If you took something away from this podcast or you enjoyed it, please take a screenshot of you listening to it or a selfie and tag us on Instagram at The Reckoning Podcast or me at Brittany.Long. We're excited to chat with you next week.